Hello and welcome to our first techpros.io interview series where we ask enterprise professionals to share their thoughts and experiences on emerging business trends. These are typically driven by technology innovation, changes in customer behavior, regulation and other market disruptions. This first series, Brand versus Demand Activation, explores the strategies B2B marketing leaders are taking to engage buyers in today's content-rich world where meetings for the most part remain virtual. We explore the balance of spend between short-term sales lead generation and longer-term brand investments, the gradual merging of B2B and B2C, and the growing importance of fostering community with buyers. Today's interview is sponsored by Network Sunday, a business-to-human marketing agency in the UK which opens doors to the C-suite and accelerates business development for leading enterprise brands such as BT, Tantar, HCL and Mindtree, all who sell high-value solutions to buyers in lengthy, unpredictable decision-making processes. Today's interview is with Marissa Janssen van Vuren. Marissa is the Senior Vice President of Brand and Major Projects at NTT Limited, who are a leading global technology services company, helping their clients enhance customer employee experience, transform cloud strategies, modernize networks, and strengthen cybersecurity. You can find Marissa at linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Marissa hyphen Janssen hyphen Van hyphen Vuren. In her interview, Marissa highlights the importance of purpose-driven brand identity to resonate with customers and employees, and also for talent retention and attraction. She also explains how very specific storytelling that is purpose-driven with societal impact can build an emotional reaction whilst demonstrating the capability of a brand. We hope you find the interview valuable. So B2B marketers are under pressure to deliver a constant stream of leads to sales, meaning mm -hmm. most spend is invested in demand activation. Mm -hmm. However, research from LinkedIn concludes that only 4% of B2B marketing teams are measuring marketing impact beyond six months. And leading marketing strategists, Les Binet and Peter Field, say that this should really change. Do you agree with that? Is that what you're seeing? So um, I think there's, I think the biggest challenge that is faced by brand and communications teams is, you know, the ability to, to measure impact on business outcomes, because it is, it's not like in the demand world, kind of an if this, then that kind of, uh, you know, equation. And I think, We've honed demand measurement to be almost an exact science, if you will, if that's ever possible in, in marketing. And I think what we need to be careful of is, you know, the allure of winning today at the expense of winning tomorrow. And, you know, as we know, investments in brands, marketing, and I actually don't like the word brand. I prefer reputation because I think brand has sometimes been misconstrued in terms of what the, the value is that it delivers. Ultimately, it builds a reputation. And so we know that, you know, building reputation, building a relationship with a brand takes time. And also it accumulates over time. And so our ability to understand the impact that we make with our programs in a space of six months, particularly as it relates to brand, is virtually impossible. Also, I think the fact that we, if we are only looking at a measurement horizon of 
of six months, we are unable to see the changes over time and learn from those changes over time and therefore double down on certain investments or exit other investments as we see them starting to deliver diminishing returns. So my biggest feeling around this is really that sense of we need to start, I think the biggest opportunity for us is to actually break down the silo between demand and brand and overcome this bias to measuring the last quote-unquote visible mile and see them as two processes that are really symbiotic and feed each other versus seeing them as completely separate disciplines and separate activities. And that's really where I see, you know, I wholeheartedly agree with that statement. And so the sense of having a long-term measurement with these kind of cyclical short-term measurements linked into that and seeing, understanding the relationship between those two is probably the best. So it's not one or the other, it's rather how do we join them up for maximum impact. Whilst demand activation is critically important, when buyers are in the market to make a purchase, the vast majority of buyers are not. Les Binet and Peter Phil say brand marketing will secure future sales, which are more important than short-term sales for two reasons. Businesses are value-based on future sales, and there are many more buyers out of market than in market. And today, there might be only 20 accounts looking to buy cloud computing solutions, but over the next three years, there could be 200 accounts up for grabs and brand building. When you look at your view on the balance of marketing investment, and you've already alluded to this as well, what would you say that that actually meet, should mean from a sort of a balance of investment? So I think it's a very difficult question to answer. You know, there's no one size fits all and there's no right or wrong answer. And I think, you know, that balance really depends on the market that you serve, the maturity of your brand. You know, there's just so many variables. As we know, trust takes a long time to build. And so, for instance, the balance of that spend in something like financial services would be more weighted towards brand and relationship than it would be to demand. So I think it's very difficult to say what that balance should be, but I definitely think that there should be a balance. And again, you shouldn't see them as separate activities. You should really see them as joined up and understand the relationship and that symbiotic relationship between the two, because ultimately, you know, there's a great opportunity for your demand activity to build your brand and also for your brand to deliver really high value volumes of leads into that funnel that will create more demand. So the way I see it is that the balance between the two or the relationship between the two, there's really, you know, four things that we need to look at when we decide what, you know, how we want to balance that spend. I really think that investing in your brand maximizes the investment in demand. If you've got a stronger brand, you will have a much more effective sales funnel and you will be the acceleration of those leads, the conversion of those leads. You will have much more, I guess, value and volume through that funnel if you've got a stronger brand. And the reasons for that is really that you will already have a leading position in the consideration set. So it will be quicker to convince them and of course, there'll also be much better messaging recall because they would know your brand already. It will already kind of be retained in their, in their mind. And of course, much higher quality traffic at the top of the funnel. The second reason why we need to make sure that we understand the relationship and that it's balanced is, you know, having a stronger brand improves the overall return on investment of marketing because ultimately you will be able to have much more premium pricing I think you'll have greater lifetime value of a client because you will be able to cross-sell and upsell 
a lot more if your brand is considered strong, trustworthy, and to be delivering value. And also, ultimately, over time, it will reduce the cost of acquisition um, of clients. So if you take your example, 20 accounts today, future there's 200. If you start now, small investments, you know, that cost will not be massive in the future. I think the third one is that a stronger brand really increases that client satisfaction and therefore uh, the perceived value that you deliver. And as we also know, and particularly in B2B, prior experience with a brand is a massive driver for decision making. So again, coming back to that cross-sell and upsell. And I think lastly, a strong brand, particularly, you know, I think when you get to that higher echelons of kind of saliency, is people want to be associated with it. And so advocacy, which is the gold dust, as my CMO would say, of any marketer, whether that be influencers, so press analysts and other types of influencers, but also clients advocating your brand. So really doing your work for you. And as we know, kind of advocacy is the strongest form of marketing, you know, uh, what other people say about you versus what you say about yourself. And so for me, there should be, you know, for those four reasons, you should understand the relationship between the two and make sure you get the balance right for what's right for your business. And so that's my view on that. Talking about brand marketing could be described as creating more awareness and share of mind in the market, creating experiences which activate emotive and sensory journeys that cultivate human connections and relationships and being the brands that people think of first when they're ready to buy. When it comes to actually the marketing initiatives that you put in place to create that outcome, what marketing initiatives can you think of that you've done recently, you're running, that aim to deliver that outcome? So what I normally focus on when it comes to building a brand or a reputation is storytelling, but very specific storytelling. So our, our and you know many brands are, and would hazard a guess most most brands are purpose-driven organization, you know, really looking at, I guess, that societal impact or you know, reducing your environmental impact. And so really looking at those stories that build an emotional connection. But at the same time, delivers a, you know, demonstrates the capability of the organization. So how do we do good by doing what we do and really bringing those stories to life in a way that explains what it is that you do? You know, so I work in the technology industry for person on the street. It's not always easy to understand what it is that we do. And actually, you know, without using industry jargon, it's very difficult for me to even explain what it is that we do. But if they tell them a story about how we are protecting, you know, the rhinos using networking or we are delivering fan experiences for the Tour de France or we are empowering the youth to innovate with purpose through video conferencing, etc. then people can actually start understanding the use cases. So almost all brand marketing that I do is, is focused on either telling those stories in a way that delivers value to the client or creating experiences that deliver those stories. So, for instance, the Tour de France story, we would actually take them behind the scenes on how the technology works at the Tour de France, which is hugely exciting for, I guess, you know, CIO to be able to go and see, you know, walk in the little outside broadcast vehicle, look in the little technical truck and those kind of things. So, you know, to encompass, you know, what I would say I do in brand is really that sense of storytelling 
that delivers not just the emotional connection, but also um, demonstrates what it is that we do. And then in pre-COVID times, creating experiences that really brings that to life in a way that almost money can't buy experiences. Yeah. Not normal people have access to this stuff. Not normal people can see this stuff. And it's hugely exciting to see that. How do you go about measuring the impact or the return on investment? So it's not easy to do. So I was hugely frustrated in the beginning. Where I was like, why, is it, why are we not getting this right? But it's actually very difficult to do. So we are building three indices around awareness, preference, and perception. And within those indices, we have selected different types of marketing metrics. So for instance, in awareness, you will have potential reach. So something like the number of viewers in a, you know, for a coverage that you received for a press release or for a TV ad or things like that, active reach, et cetera. So we've kind of really built that into different uh, layers of that indice and then taken normal marketing metrics that you would get in from different digital channels and other activities. We have weighted those and then we have created an index that allows us to see in real time the change over time and also to pinpoint activities that are delivering the most value. Now, it's not easy to do, especially if you're not very mature at measurement and especially if you don't have a lot of automation. And then the second phase of that program will then be to start mapping those indices to the different stages of our funnel and understanding the impact that an uplift, for instance, an awareness has at the top of the funnel, an uplift in the preference index have at the conversion rates towards the bottom of the funnel, and so on and so forth. So we're trying to take a scientific approach to something that is not scientific, but hopefully by that we will start to be able to build hypotheses that will start to inform I guess, a conversation around value creation. Now, I will also caveat that by saying that I don't believe that we should live and die by the metric, but it does help either from an investment conversation perspective or really understanding whether or not you're receiving apples for apples value from mm -hmm. different programs to understand, you know, adjusting levels of investment. Anthony Canada, the founding CMO of Gainsight, the company that created the customer success movement, has a deep belief that the worlds of B2B and B2C marketing are converging, ushering in a new era for business that must focus on the humans that sit behind the logos that we're all targeting. And he refers to this as business to human marketing. And he goes on to say that the brand in B2B is rapidly moving from a deprioritized expense and distraction from growth to the heart of business strategy. What are your thoughts on that statement? So there's two answers to that question. So there's the one in terms of B2B versus B2C. And then there's, of course, the one, you know, the comment around the brand moving towards the heart of the business strategy. And so I will, move, I will answer that one first. So for me, I think it is critical that the brand becomes part of the business strategy. We know that brands really encompass the purpose of the organization and that increasingly that purpose is linked to making a positive societal impact and limiting the damage to the environment, which is, of course, the, the biggest conversation that mm -hmm. is happening in the world right now. And also, of course, helping to make brands really relevant, um, particularly if we look at the, you know, the next generation of leaders coming into the organization. 
And I think, you know, most buyers factor in that purpose in terms of decision making and also from a talent retention and attraction perspective, you know, talent is five times more likely to stay at a company or, you know, choose a company if they really identify with that purpose. And so for me, you know, if brand is not seen, particularly if you link it to that kind of societal and environmental aspect as core to the business strategy, then I think an organization is doing something wrong, not just from a, am I relevant to the people that I'm looking to serve perspective, but also if we took that, take the second answer to that question from a marketing investment perspective. So from a business strategy perspective, I do believe that, you know, the brand is critical for all the reasons that I've just mentioned, but also we know the wisdom of organizations with stronger brands, purpose-led brands have been shown to outperform their peers in terms of financial returns. And that doesn't even count in the factor that the future non-financial reporting around ESGs and the sustainable development goals will start to impact the share price as much as financial reporting will. If we really look at that answer around, you know, B2B versus B2C, I really agree that, you know, for me, there really is no difference. I think all buyers buy emotionally and justify rationally. The only difference is that a B2C buyer rationally justifies to themselves or to their husband if they use their credit card, and the B2B buyer would would justify to a board. So they ultimately need to justify their purpose. I think B2C brands have been as a lot more mature in terms of how they've invested in their brands to really build that emotional connection because it helped them to win in that world where price-sensitive consumers were spoiled for choice. But I think with the rise of digital marketing, advances in technology, globalization, we now have a similar scenario that's playing out for B2B buyers. You know, they are spoiled for choice. And I think all buyers now are holding brands to a higher standard of quality, ease of engagement, you know, delivery of value, and also integrity when it comes to purpose. And so I do not believe that there really is a difference And also we are seeing, um, particularly if you look at that study that you've referenced, the LinkedIn one, is that when they apply the wisdom of a B2C brand to the data of a B2B brand, those brands are behaving in very similar ways as well. So not just is the kind of the psychology stacking up, but also the data showing that that those are very little difference between the two. Some marketers view their role as a support function to the sales team. And in most cases, sales are looking for immediate opportunities to meet their targets. When it comes to your marketing function, does that report into sales? It doesn't report into sales. Um, It's standalone. Um, And so we really view each other as business partners to each other, you know, because I don't believe the one can do their job without the other uh, versus one is in service of the other. When it comes to that reporting line, What's your view on the importance of a separate reporting line for marketing to the CEO to avoid a potential conflict of interest between an arguably short-term view of the sales function and a longer-term view of the CEO board of shareholders? I do think that it's very important to have that separation because I think it depends on the the type of CMO that you've got. But let's assume, for argument's sake, that the CMO is more balanced in terms of you know, short-term returns, long-term investments, that sales will always be driving for the next quarter. And I think you will never drive meaningful change, whether that is changing the mind of your clients or a meaningful change within 
your organization or even for the world if you take a short-term view. And so you always need to have that balance between short-term execution and long-term investment, kind of winning today and winning tomorrow. And how do you do that? And by just having a, a quarterly sales-focused, I guess, message into the decision-making at that level does influence the ability for us to prioritize investment for long-term change. So I, I do think that there needs to be a balanced view and potentially, and also having two reports does give you that healthy tension. You know, when you've got different views and also overlapping priorities, then you do have that healthy tension of debate, um, which drives meaningful dialogue as well. So going back to key principles underlying business to human marketing, and that's defining the narrative and service to the individuals mm-hmm. rather than the companies they work for and helping mm-hmm. them solve problems, meet their peers and mentors through engaging yep. content and events. Anthony <laughs> says their thought leadership helped align Gainsight with the movement they were creating in customer sets success so content drove organic traffic and the community became a platform for the industry to connect together and promote the category not only were these investments good for new business but they helped with funding customer satisfaction recruitment and retention what's your view on what they did there with the customer success movement become making it become sort of a community of individuals rather than a community of logos. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, that's definitely an approach that we take, whether that's, you know, signing up for a sponsorship like Tour de France or becoming part of a community is that, you know, we never want to be just a logo. We want to drive meaningful shared value. And I think for me, that's the most important thing that you can do as a marketer is to really deliver value through content, whether that's you know, saving the individual time because they're overwhelmed by information to get them the right information at the right time, helping them to make sense of the world because of that information overload. But I think the best way to do that is through that community of like-minded individuals where you can have meaningful connection, you know, learn from each other's experiences and mistakes, validate some of your thinking, but also tap into expertise. So as you get higher into, you know, into any organization, there's too much for you to know. And so you have to rely on individuals and their expertise. And you may not always have those individuals in your team, nor do you need them in your team long term. And so that sense of delivering shared value, whether that's working on a project together or whether that's sharing expertise and knowledge, is something that's very important, I think, in building brands because it creates relationships and meaningful connection. Um, but also is, is probably the most value that you could deliver through any activity. Thanks for listening to this techpros.io series, sponsored by Network Sunday, a leading UK business-to-human marketing agency. To learn more about TechPros and our programmes, visit techpros.io or to read the ebook associated with the series, which features our podcast guests and other leaders, please visit techpros.io forward slash thought hyphen leadership forward slash marketing, which can also be found in the show notes below.